Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. What's going on, man? Well, this is our bonus Tuesday post-it yet minutes after we recorded episode. Is that too wordy? So the answer is you don't know. I don't know. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today, sponsored by Open Studio. Go to Open Studio. I don't know why I'm putting vowels <laughs> on the end of things. Openstudio.com. That was a weird accent. It was not an accent. It was just an affect. More of an accident. It was Accidental more of an ac- affect- affectation. <laughs> that was an accent. Yeah. It was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually true. Uh, what's going on, man? Well, this is our you know little bonus episode yeah. at, that we drop in because yeah, yeah, yeah. we love the twice a week vibe and we love... This is almost, this is as close as you can get to a live on a podcast. The podcast world, unless you're on YouTube actually doing a live Yo, this that we out. just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is as close as you're going to get. We're very proud of this because well, this will go out yet minutes after it's uh, commenced and finished recording. Well, I'm very proud of us that, that we have the sort of studio now where you can literally just sit down and, and there's no, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no blockage. There's no blockage between the nonsense in our head. There's no technical blockage. There's no. often an intellectual or a um, syllabic uh, yeah. blockage <laughs> at of, times. Lack of words, <laughs> command of the English language, that whole thing. So we thought we would just kind of uh, catch up. We haven't. Yes. We haven't really hung out socially. That's right. In a little bit, we've yeah. been work, doing a lot of work together. Yes. And talking a lot about things that we plan to talk about. But you had the idea, which I think is a good idea, to just. Let's just talk. Let's just uh, go on the air and see what happens, which I think is a good idea. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to go first or should I? <laughs> How do we do this again? Oh, We're going to have to relearn this. This was, a mis- <laughs> this was a mistake. Well, no. Okay. Yeah. This is what I want to talk Somebody about. Somebody get Here a Manhattan go. for this guy. <laughs> this is the thing. I think, you know, as you alluded to, we're talking about quote unquote work all the time, which, you know, probably 80 to 90% uh, clearly intersects with stuff that we are super passionate about or at least at a minimum mildly passionate about man we are super <laughs> we were incredibly lucky that yes. that's the case actually yeah yeah we've 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 formed a business based on the thing we love the most yeah Isn't sitting here talking and then putting the pot yeah exactly you know what I mean? but i mean hopefully that this podcast and look we love you guys for listening and being with us for we're going on three years now is that well two and a half more than i think we're past three. Oh, we past three yeah. okay it only feels like three. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, but we are, you know, the the birth of this podcast was really about you and I talking about and, and hopefully educating, but also entertaining at the same time, folks mm-hmm. in this specific little world that we don't even like to be pigeonholed to like jazz, you know, jazz standards podcast or something like that, or jazz piano podcast. No, yeah. it's not about that. It's about this music and the passion that we all share the listeners and 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 really a vision that we had because of our love of the podcast medium you know which is kind of like an old old-timey radio thing in a way gather around just audio only although we are veritable youtube stars as well with this podcast that's for another story um but the but the idea that so humble so so humble humble, yeah uh so so gregarious yet so humble (laughs) but the the idea that you could talk with that we could talk about stuff that we love to geek out on the way that we listen to podcasts about other areas. And we really didn't model this on a music podcast at all. Although there's switched on pop, pop, which is friend of the podcast. We collaborated with them. There's definitely some influences there. There wasn't a lot of great conversational music 
nerdy music podcast when we started the podcast. That's though. right. So yeah, I'd like to think that we kind of just have made our own path, which we've often done uh, yes. with different things. Uh, uh, yeah, man. So I was thinking, just speaking of like what's happening and what's going on and and something we could talk about is I've had some really interesting performance experiences lately. You have too, because mm. I, you just a couple of weeks ago, you played with the trio for the first time in a yes. year, which is, it's a different thing, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when it's the Adam Manis trio, that was a really different thing. Played with my <laughs> band. Uh, no, we are lucky to have Bob and Montez yes. here in St. Louis and they're, I mean, there would be anybody's trio because yeah, they're so fantastic. Bob DeBoo and Montez Coleman. For sure. That was great, but I, I've been doing some different performing. I've been doing some weird performing things. Everything is weird now, by the it way. Is. Everything, it is. You haven't done many gigs outside of Open Studio. Let me tell you something. You don't want to. Right. Everything's right. messed up. Everything's weird. I did a streamed gig the other day. It was a it was a music of Radiohead for Jazz St. Louis. Yes. Which, you know, I'm 42 years old, and uh, so I'm obviously into Radiohead. You're the demo. You I'm are the, the target uh, demo, as I, we I'm say. I'm there. I was the biggest audience. I don't know why they asked me to do it, because I was the only one gonna be, that's going to be tuning in. But... Uh, no, you know, luckily it was, uh, we got a gr grant from the Whitaker Foundation, so we had a string quartet, four horns, full rhythm section, Brian Owen singing vocals. It was mm. awesome. And I did all the arrangements for it. And it was a lot of work, man, getting these arrangements together, and I noticed an interesting thing that happened. First of all, I was listening to all these Radiohead tunes, and my, I had a thought of like, is this bullshit? <laughs> like, I, I've i always been super into it, but I'm wondering now, am I, like, aging out of the mopey indie rock stuff? Which is interesting. It's uh, uh, initially kind of scary, but I'm also like, oh, I think I'm just, I'm just aging out of this feeling, mm. right, of, like, this sort of... Uh, so maybe that's that was not as timeless as you thought it might be. Well, more of a for a season type of I still uh, think, affectation. I still think Johnny Greenwood is a legitimate artist with sound. And I I love Tom York's uh the his style of songwriting for sure, but the entire package didn't do it for me, uh the way it used to when I was twenty. Of course, how could I expect yeah. it to? You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, like I've been listening to this music for so long now that it might just be wearing off just after multiple listens. Uh, but I one interesting phenomenon that cropped up, and I told you about this a little bit when it was happening, because I was like, you know, you're when you arrange for a, an ensemble that's that large. Spend a lot of time with the music, you know what I mean? Yeah. As you're writing it. Yeah. And I found myself after and I was in, in a little bit of an unnatural. It's not way. natural. It's not as a listener. It's it's like, yeah. You're you're pulling stuff. Your 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 thought process. You're not sitting and just enjoying. You're you're replaying it in your head over and over yeah. every second of the day. You're showering. You know what I mean? And you're jumping in and out of different oh, parts. You're not listening to it in an organic flow. That's it's it's a weird. Thing. It's kind of like mixing your own music, right? Yeah. Where by the time you're done with it, you're like, I think I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to hear that again. But I found myself after I would be done working on it, I go for I usually go for a walk, and the first thing I would pull up on my walk is is Lou Donaldson, is like the most grooving, early blue note. You know what I mean? Yes. Not early blue note, but like that yeah. that late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. Babyface will let on the organ. Grant right. Green. You know what I mean? Like no just, relation to the other babyface. No, not no. at all. <laughs> but like I thought that was just an interesting phenomenon. I was like, all right, here this is a this is a. This is like a definite stage in my life where like I my want to an antidote to the mopey indie <laughs> rock of my youth. Yeah. With just some like no BS <laughs> going to the picnic with Lou Donaldson. It's going to be a good time. That's right. He's going right. to he's going to bring us down in this lovely bed of groove. Yeah. And it, it was it was great, man. It's fun. That's good. But that's you know, that's also some advanced, you know, listening skills and curation skills, I would say, when you can. 
um, you know, balance things out. It's almost like, you know, the, the, the yoga practices where you're working on something and, you know, folks that are really, you know, great instructors or practitioners of yoga know that everything's a balance. It's never like there can be too much of a good thing. And so you got to find what feels good. You got to find what feels good. Exactly. Um, so, well, that's cool. No, that's really cool. So, um, yeah, I actually, I had, I think a gig I might not have told you about or reported to you on talking about weird gigs. Um, that was actually outside open studio that I did. Oh, I heard about this over actually. at the Sheldon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, I think, what we're going to be uh, challenged with over the coming, you know, weeks, months, who knows how long, is the um, even if they're like we talked about, is there going to be like an all clear bell for performances? Probably not, because everything's already open up in a lot of places sure. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But as it should be, there's precautions made, and even if there's not precautions in place, just human nature like we've been acting in a certain way for a year place and a year plus and social distancing and masks and all these things you don't just undo those right away like you you've got into a habit of a certain thing and so we've gotten in a habit of playing music and consuming music in a certain way we're going to need to not necessarily relearn how to play music or how to even play like the playing with other people has kind of come easier than I thought it would like you just sort of get it's almost like the riding a bicycle thing like once you get back on it you're like oh yeah yeah this is of it course. takes about 10 minutes that, exactly it's a weird which 10 is pretty minutes. fast it's a weird 10 minutes too yeah. it's like but it's not 10 weeks <laughs> no 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 but it, but it, it is a it, it doesn't atrophy completely right yeah. right yeah no right away it's like a shock to the system it it's, is it's, it's like you're walking outside it's just like this cold air but then when you realize you can kind of do it it's like oh yeah there we are. There it is. Yeah. But I think that the interaction with the audience and the audience, how that's going to be a little bit longer. Yeah. And that's what I noticed at this gig over to Sheldon. And it was, I mean, it was a fantastic group, Bob Debu and Montez Coleman in the rhythm section and Bobby Watson, hey. the legend out yeah. of Kansas city made the trip here to St. Louis. So that was fun. Keon too, right? And Keon Harold at, at the trumpet. So it was a very, this was a very specific thing that they hmm. wanted from the state of Missouri to do this uh, Missouri bicentennial. Yeah. Um, so we played a bunch of Miles Davis tunes, who's actually from Illinois. So yeah, of we, course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully the governor, the, the state legislature doesn't come after us. Can't do any Grant Green? Come on, man. No, actually we, we did one Miles thing. We did, um, but we also did Charlie Parker. Cool. Was he from Kansas actually? Kansas City, Kansas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, we did that, and I can't even remember now. We it was all it was all. Oh, sure. Clark Terry. Yeah, we did yeah. Clark Terry because we had you know Keon had to do that. Um, but the audience, so they had an audience, and I know you've done some gigs over there too, where they have an audience. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like the audience doesn't know. They can't act like a normal audience because they're a little bit more constrained yeah. than we are. They're spread out. It's very sparse in there. Yeah. Um, and then this was a recording, a PBS recording with video and audio as well. So I think the audience, you know, you've been in those situations where record, you have to tell the audience, act normal. Like hoop and holler if it's at a club because people are like, oh, there's mics. I don't want to be the one who coughs or whatever. Yeah. And so it's hard for them. We're used to it. But even on a live recording, a lot of times we'll get a little bit tensed up. But the audiences get really tensed up. So they after the first tune, I had to tell them because they weren't even clapping after the solos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, so that's what I'm saying. There's going to be a little bit of relearning. Um, big shout out to the audience, though, that night. <laughs> by, by the end of the set, they were great. How mm -hmm. many people were there? I mean, I think it was like 50 to 70. Yeah, that's what we had, too. And yeah. so the, for, for reference, the Sheldon holds 700. 700, yeah. So 50 to 70 seems like two. Exactly. Like it seems like nobody's I there. mean, if you had 50 to 70 in a teeny club yeah. that had a capacity of 100, it would probably... It would seem f fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's and then, um, yeah, so there was that. But that's it, it's, it's just great to be back on a stage and, and, and 
playing and to have anybody in there in the audience but it's gonna be a process it's gonna be a, it's a really interesting time man yeah to be making music yeah you know so i i know I, we kind of talked about this too but uh with all these gigs that i've been doing that are like that that are just awkward <laughs> i've i kind of made the decision a couple weeks ago that i'm really not going to be doing very much of those mm. for a while, until things kind of open like i don't luckily with our work here at open studio i'm plenty busy yeah and i'm practicing every day with the daily guided practice session folks you know what i mean yeah and uh, I'll probably take some trio gigs here and there, yeah. But nothing that is going to require a lot of uh, a lot of preparation and effort. And uh, the other weird thing with this that I'm finding, and I, I know you're probably finding this too, is that everything is like this, right? Where it's like celebrate Missouri, and you have to play <laughs> these tunes. And I know you can't. There's just, a lot of themes. There's a lot of themes. And understandably, all these institutions they want right. to like do something special or whatever, yeah. but. I'm probably music not music of Radiohead. Yeah, music of Radiohead. I'm probably not going to do anything. The later years. <laughs> oh my god, it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah Post amnesiac Radiohead, <laughs> where nobody really cares. No. Uh, I'm not going to do anything until I can just do my thing. Like yeah. that's the thing is I've kind of decided that I'm not going to be doing these institutional. You got to do this with these people, and you have to play this music, which is what everybody really wants. And it's going to be streamed everywhere. It's going to be everybody, on PBS. Today is May 24th. We're going to mark this day as the day when Adam says he ain't going to play for the man anymore. They broke Adam. He is not going to play. What I'm saying. They broke Adam Manis. They broke me down. And he's breaking them back. And I'm now. breaking them back. No, I don't have to do it right now. And one thing the pandemic has taught me is that I don't have to do any of this. Okay, be careful what you're saying here. There's a lot of folks that are like, you know, what? Just the pandemic. They're just trying to get a gig. And Adam Manis says, Well, I don't. I'm sorry. Did I put you on the spot? No, there? man. I don't care about that. <laughs> like, but it's true, man. Like, we've no, all, we've all learned a lot from yes. It's been a very interesting time. It's been a very harrowing time for a lot of people. I feel very, just kind of myself lucky that I'm safe and healthy, yeah. first of all. And that has be become like more of like, a, I'm just thankful for that. And that's really the most important thing that me and my family and friends are all safe and healthy and, and yeah. knock on wood for that. You know what I mean? But I wonder if, and you know, if, if the sentiment that you're maybe tapping into is something that a lot of people are feeling in a, a number of different areas of their lives and specifically musicians with their professional, you know, uh, aspects of their, uh, you know, their as professional aspirations or their artistic aspirations or whatever that there was a lot of time to think about, Okay, well, this is some kind of reset. We don't know how long it's going to be, but everybody's forced to do a reset. How can I come out of this maybe a little bit more aligned with some things I've been thinking about or wanting to plan or wanting to adjust yeah. in my musical choices, in my choice of gigs, in my just choice of how am I going to spend my artistic energy into the world? It was a forced realization that it doesn't have to be the way that just it's right. just been right and actually it's not just music man you know here in st louis there's a real shortage of like uh hospitality uh yeah. staff like they're like restaurants are understaffed yeah because you know my wife who's been working in restaurants for yeah. her whole career uh says like it's basically people are just like oh i don't have to work you know like like crazy you got to get off the, the journal, crazy hours the habit trail to see that the thing was spinning around like that right there were no jobs for us so they got other jobs yeah and they realized oh it doesn't have to be that way yeah and maybe i don't want to spend my life like out till 3 a.m you know yeah there's the adrenaline when you're in it thinking. right and i think for us for music as in the royal uh, everybody that's playing music and like seeing how the, the passion just gets deeper and especially when you can't do it so for the sure. passion for the music but in terms of like how you're going to organize your life and where you're going to put that passion and if folks are, are lucky enough like like us and we're super you know we talk about this all the time how fortunate 
we are to be able to have outlets to even be able to make a decision as far as I want to put my outlet here or whatever. But look, we've also both been there at different times of like, I need a gig. I need a, you know, so it's not foreign to us. And we remember that. But the idea being like all of a sudden it feels like it's a little bit accelerated for like all the things like how are we going to reset? Now all of a sudden it's like because you start getting the calls. And so it's like if you just go back on the autopilot, like, sure, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do yeah. it. Then it's back to normal, but it's not really back to normal. No. Like you're doing the gigs, but the audience is weird and, and it's going to take time and stuff. So I, I think that I think that you're on to the right thought process for sure in terms of discernment. You know, we're, we're talking about a certain amount of discernment. It's definitely it's a lesson that needed to be learned with how my life was before everything shut down. I didn't even realize that I was stretched as thin as I was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that I could be better. Yeah. Like I could be making better music. I could be having better gigs. I could have a better experience. Yeah. If I didn't do as much, if I didn't say yes to as much, you know what right. I mean? So, and right. that is a privilege for sure. But it also is just, it's a bit of a risk. Like you sure. have to be willing to risk not getting calls. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind kind of situation. Totally. Yep. So it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. But I think ultimately it's it's uh, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm where I am with it. You know well, I mean? and it's a great thing because it gives you know on the specific areas that you're talking about, but just in general with everybody, you know, just encouraging everybody to continue to think to be thoughtful about all these different kinds of decisions, and they're different for everybody. But when you do take something away, it's not a oh like let me. I mean, you might panic at the beginning, but that gives the oxygen and the space for something else to be created. You know, and sometimes when we are just moving from thing to thing and just being reactionary for good things like fun gigs and great. It's, yeah, of course, I want to work with them. They, you don't have that space for that creative impetus of, that you might not even know. I mean, it's, you know, Radiohead, you know, you're doing that because they asked you and you're passionate about it. And I'm sure it's going to be great and everything. But to have a little bit of silence where we can think like, what can we create? You know, something we never knew about. It happens something. fast too. I mean, do you remember our club, Peter, before? I was gonna, I was, well, I was the accountability not, club, the accountability, the, the just say no, the, the Nancy Reagan club. The Nancy, <laughs> Peter and I, Peter started a club before uh, the COVID shutdown that we were ironically very close, like very that, close that, to that kind of screwed us up a little bit. I know it was two <laughs> members. It was me and Peter and we'd meet. For, we were recruiting possibly. We were some people we would, we would meet for happy hour once a week and tell each other how many times we said no yeah. during the week to, you know, various projects or opportunities. And that had to be good things. Cause remember you yeah, tried to, I, I think I did too. I know. We came in the first week and we're like, uh, talking about these jive gigs that we didn't want to do anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I said no to such and such. Of course to, you did. It has to have some skin in the game. That's you right. Know, it it was a horrible more. gig that didn't pay well. <laughs> of course you said you said no before the club. <laughs> but the idea was that we would have like uh, someone to to accountability <laughs> partner, an accountability yeah. partner to hold this to saying no to guard really to guard our time and guard yeah. our, our our. I've actually learned, man, during the during this time, it's not even time. It's energy. It's it's yeah. It's why the term bandwidth, which is kind of a corny tech term or whatever yeah. about this kind of thing. Let's put it, our hoodies on and talk about how much bandwidth we have. But you know what? <laughs> it's an accurate term because it's not just about time. It really is about how much can fit through yes. this yeah. entity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is me, right? Like how much can I fit in my life? Yeah. I just don't have the bandwidth to take on this project, even if it's a good project. Yeah. I just can't. You know? Yeah, and or I, I shouldn't. I always thought it would be fun, like if we are, you know, if we get the club back together, like the top level. Would be like we're me like like we've refined it oh, so much. We're I'm getting the president. Together. I'm the yeah, president. Yeah, yeah. No, but it'd be like. So what did you say no to? And I'd be like, well, Stevie Wonder called and said <laughs> he wanted to do a songwriting sesh with me at his studio, and he was open to any ideas I had. So I said, and no. I was like, no, I don't have I don't have the bandwidth. And I'd be like, really? 
you know, Keith Jarrett wanted me to come over just for a private lesson to say, I want you to carry on with my concepts and I'm going to give you my secret scrolls on how to play the piano. No, I don't have time, Keith. I'm I, sorry. I feel like if either of those were the case, then it's it's the obligation of the accountability buddy to be like, you need to leave here right now. And I know. Yeah. That would just be the, the the Just Say No Club gone gone haywire. But yeah. we, we got to get back to that. I'm officially kicking you out. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm president of the club. I'm All president right. of the club at this point. Cool. All right, well, until uh, next time with our bonus episode. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, man. You'll hear it.